is a presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. Thirty years of the best sports talk in Middle Tennessee, featuring Tennessee Radio Hall of Famer George Plaster, Tennessee Sports Hall of Fame coach Watson Brown, and Young Guns Billy Derrick and Michael Sendrick. And now here's your host, George Plaster. Hello again, everybody. Welcome in. Doesn't look like I've combed my hair, does it? Uh, fix wow. that hair, George. <laughs> God, to get out of the wind. May have to get the comb out here in a little while. Looks ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> we welcome all of you in. Great start. Uh, yeah, it really is. A beautiful day, a little windy, but uh, we got a lot of things going on a football Friday. So you saw Billy Derrick over there. Billy, how are you? Um, I'm doing great, George. Oh, I'm, I'm phenomenal. Wonderful. Great start. Your hair looks good, by the way. No, I know it does. We'll, it looks uh, great. We'll straighten that out here. Yeah, a little we'll while. get that fixed. Yeah, we certainly will. Uh, you know, I should have thought of that earlier before we went <laughs> on. Let's say hello to Terry McCormick. He starts out our show each and every day with the Daily Titans update. Terry, you uh, you got back uh, to where you needed to in record time. Uh, yes, fortunately, there was a detour that uh, they let us out of and uh, got behind a wreck, was afraid I wasn't going to be able to make it and have to do this by phone, but uh, fortunately, got here with a few minutes to spare. Okay, let's get to the big story when it comes to the Titans, and that is, what's your gut feeling about Ryan Tannehill for Sunday night? George, I think it's going to go right up to when they warm up and make that pregame decision a couple of hours before game time. I think, uh, you know, Ryan Tannehill, if he can give it a go, I think he wants to give it a go, but uh, he was limited today. Uh, he was not out there during the stretch part, taking part in stretch, but then kind of came out as they gathered up and then kind of watched during the open part of practice today. And then they listed him as limited on that uh, injured right ankle. So I think it's going to be going right down to the wire again. I do think he has a better chance, obviously, to play than he did last week uh, because he was failed with an illness. So a lot will hinge on what happens over the next 36 to 48 hours, I would say. And I even asked Mike Brabel, I said, do the extra seven hours that you would have uh, that you wouldn't normally have because you're playing on Sunday night. Does that make any difference at all in his status? And he said, Every bit of time that they have is valuable in terms of making that decision. Terry, did something happen on Wednesday that would be close to a setback for Tannehill? I don't think so. I think they just kind of wanted to take it easy with him and kind of see how he could do. I don't think he did a whole lot on Wednesday either. I think uh, and then they backed him off yesterday to get treatment and whatnot. And then today uh, he went back to being limited. So I think, uh, you know, they're just kind of 
taking this with a whole lot of caution and trying not to, you know, push him too hard because they want him to have every absolute minute he can to try and play through this and be able to go on Sunday night. Terry, I think we all have the belief that this is not going to work out if they have to go with the Gerber's baby food offense that they ran a week ago. Um, you know, good for them that they were able to make it work against the Texans, but there's no way in hell this works in Kansas City. No, I I agree with you completely. I think you've got to have a little bit more of a two-dimensional offense than they had against Houston. And Kansas City has such firepower. Excuse me, George. With Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and the like, that uh, you can't get into a track meet with them, and you certainly can't keep up with them if you don't have your starting quarterback. Okay, well, let me go then with the second big question that everybody's asking. Looks like Terry's dying back there. Um, you going to make it? I think so. Good. You don't <laughs> sound like it. Could I offer you uh, water? Water. Maybe. Yeah. My Don't wife sounds worse than this, actually. <laughs> yeah. Terry, is there a scenario, and let's just play this thing out, that Sunday night they warm Tannehill up and it just does not work. Are we more likely to see Logan Woodside, given the fact that He's a better threat throwing the football, and he certainly knows their offense. Right now, he looks like the better option than Malik Willis. I don't think there's a chance. I think it's Tannehill or it's Willis, and the only way you'd see Logan Woodside would be if, you know, Willis is just absolutely terrible throwing a couple of interceptions or fumbling or whatnot, and they're not able to move the ball running it. I, I think that this is either Tannehill's gig or it's Willis's gig. Really? Okay, so let me try to interpret that. Has has Logan Woodside fallen that far out of favor with them? I don't know that he's fallen out of favor with them, George. I just think that he did not have a great preseason. Uh, he had a chance to step forward and fend off Malik Willis, and – you know, he didn't really do that with the reps he had during the preseason. And right now, I think, uh, you know, with Malik Willis being a third-round pick and being possibly the quarterback of the future for this franchise, I just think that they are committed to him being the number two right now. Woodside, you know, would probably, you know, I just don't see a, a scenario where they would trot him out there unless it was in a desperate situation where – Things were just falling apart under Willis. Okay. Who else is iffy up in the air for Sunday night? Well, they listed Jeffrey Simmons as questionable after another week of no practice with his ankle injury. And, but I think that just like last week, if there's any way at all, Jeffrey Simmons is going to be out there and not only be out there, but playing well and wreaking havoc. Uh, uh, Kevin Strong has an ankle injury. That seems to be the injury of choice this week. And uh, he is questionable. And then Bud Dupree showed up on the injury report today, was not out there due to an illness. So that's something else to keep an eye on because, George, as you know, even though Bud Dupree doesn't rack up 
the big stat numbers maybe that the Titans thought they were getting when they first signed him. When he's out there, that defense is a whole lot better because defenses, our offenses have to pay attention to him and it frees up a lot of things for a lot of other guys. Last thing, are they likely in virtually any scenario to go back to 32 carries for Derrick Henry? If that's what it takes to win, I think they absolutely would. Hmm. I don't think that's a good sign. Well, maybe the only thing they have going for them, especially if they don't have Ryan Tannehill or he's ineffective because of the injury and the time he's had off. Terry, you have a good weekend. Appreciate it. All right, you too, George. Okay, that is the very latest on what's going on with the Titans in preparation for their Sunday night tilt in Kansas City. Sunday night. Looking forward to it, George. That has been the Daily Titans update brought to you by Sumner Funeral and Cremation. They are sharing their family with yours in your time of need. They have two convenient locations in Gallatin and Hendersonville and also online at SumnerFuneral.com. Sumner Funeral and Cremation, traditional, affordable, and dignified also, don't forget about Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners. They are proven to be trusted with your most personal asset. They are Middle Tennessee's most trusted team in realty. Give them a call at 615-906-8458. George, let's hop into today's update, the real update today. Of course, let's hop. Of course, no Watson, but we start oh, in the Oh, not totally. Hold on a second. Uh, we, we will have we'll Watson. We'll be with us in a little while. I forgot about that. We, yeah. we will have a little bit of Watson. You shortchange him. Special, uh, special appearance, celebrity appearance from Watson. So we will get him. George, number one, Kevin Durant has come out and said that this whole situation with Kyrie Irving just sucks. He said it's an unfortunate situation for people that are impi- impacted by this situation. It just sucks all around for everybody. Hopefully – we can move past it. Couple of thoughts here. Kyrie, uh, excuse me, Kevin Durant hitched his wagon, in my opinion, to the wrong star. When he made the decision to go with Kyrie Irving in this, you know, duo in Brooklyn, he hitched his wagon to a bum, period. Kyrie Irving's a bum, always has been. This apology is phony. It only came when the Nets did something apparently he didn't see coming, which was suspend him. They basically used the same words I used, unfit to be a part of the organization. Wow. That's Shocking. nice. That's, that's nice. That's yeah. nice to see. So Kevin Durant coming out and uh, speaking out on that. George, let's roll through to our second item. Yankees offseason update. Their general manager, Brian Cashman, has come out and said, we'll see how it plays out with Aaron Judge. Uh, so, obviously, that's probably not reassuring for Yankee fans around the world. No, and it shouldn't be. In the, the Billy in the baseball world, the big rumor is the San Francisco Giants. He's from out in that area. The Giants privately have apparently put it out there that they're going to go to the ends of the earth to get Aaron Judge, and that is not a good sign for the Yankees. And gosh, I'm I'm so worried for him. Oh, I, I can feel it in your voice, George. <laughs> yeah. I, I can feel it deep inside. Oh, gosh. Let's roll through NFL piece here, George. Jerry Jones is not surprised by the Daniel Snyder potential sell of the commanders. He told 105.3 the fan 
in uh, Dallas that he isn't surprised that Snyder is thinking about how to manage the economic resources of the team. So gobbledygook. He's, he's always got something to say. He certainly does. And this means nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Are you saying this update means nothing? No, I no, I did not say that. I'm saying that what Jerry has to say on this subject is gobbledygook. <laughs> oh, you love that term. Yeah. George, last piece here. Let's go to golf. Bubba Watson has come out and said that he was paid behind closed doors to play in PGA events. He said, it makes me laugh because on the PGA Tour, I got paid behind closed doors to show up at tournaments, many tournaments. And if Bubba Watson's not the best, that means the best were getting paid better than me and more than me. You know, it's funny. Uh, as this whole thing plays out, there are a couple of things. Number one, I don't get a feeling that people are just lined up dying to see these LIV events. Um, but one thing that has come out of it is that the PGA, I'm not sure all of their stuff is all that clean. No. It seems like there's some sneaky stuff going on. And um, this this little golf battle is oh, interesting. It is. It's, it's really it's interesting. got a lot of old NFL, AFL to it. Oh, yeah. We'll we'll, uh, we'll have to see if Bubba has anything else to say about that. Yeah. That's our update? That's it, George. Okay. That's it. So guess what? There's a big football game tomorrow. Mm. That Air Force Army game at 1030 in the morning, you'll <laughs> want to see it. <laughs> is no. game day there? <laughs> uh, no. No, it is not. Game day is where they need to be in Athens, Georgia, for Tennessee and Georgia. And guess what? We're going to spend our number one on this epic tilt. I cannot think of the last time a game got this much pub, unless it was three weeks ago when Tennessee and Alabama played yeah. at Neyland Stadium in Knoxville. Longtime Knoxville sports talk show host Jimmy Himes will join us after the break, and then Watson will make a rare Friday appearance. We'll have a tale of the tape of the Bulldogs and the Vols so stick around. It's a football Friday. We need you here on Main Street Media Television. Buying or selling a home can be a very personal experience. Why not go with the team that receives nearly all of their business from referrals? Clearly a trusted name in real estate. The Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners has sold more than 500 homes in the last seven years. Voted best in Sumner County multiple times. Proven to be trusted with your most personal asset. Call the Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners at 615-906-8458. The Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners. Middle Tennessee's most trusted team in realty. 
I highly recommend Sumner Funeral and Cremation because of their caring nature and attentiveness to detail. Pre-planning your funeral now will bring you peace of mind and less stress to your loved ones. When the chaos of losing you happens, your family can honor and celebrate your life, knowing things are happening just as you wanted them to. Pre-planning determines the details of your funeral, cemetery services, and can be less expensive. We are honored to serve you and are always here for you in your time of need. Sumner Funeral and Cremation. Traditional. Affordable. Dignified. SumnerFuneral.com Jody Jones Dentistry can handle all your dental needs from the basics to cosmetic procedures. All of this in the nicest dental facility I have ever seen. Jody has done it right. They're located conveniently at 55 Music Square East and for an appointment, it's simple. Dial 615-259-5100 and tell them Plaz sent you. When you're thinking about golf, consider Riverside Golf Links. Under new ownership, the course has improved dramatically. It's now 27 holes, complemented by a nine-hole executive course. Book a tee time now at 615-847-5074 and get ready to enjoy the beauty of golf in the Old Hickory area at Riverside Golf Links. I'm Bart Durham. I was sworn in as a lawyer in 1963, and I've been working as a lawyer since then. We're a firm that does exclusively personal injury, a lot of tractor-trailer crashes. Insurance companies will open up their checkbooks when you force them to. We have systems that work. We get the most money for our clients in the shortest amount of time. I'm Blair Durham. My dad and I want to help. Give us a call at 615-242-9000. This is Eric Berner with Rockcastle Wealth Advisors. I help people in the pursuit of making their money live as long as they do. People hire me because I use a customized, individualized, and personal approach for the person I'm working with. Everyone's situation is different. If you've lost a spouse or a parent and want to make sure your inheritance is utilized and does not just disappear, I can help with that. Call me at 615-235-1058 or email Eric at rockcastlewealth.com. Tennessee fans hoping to hear that song tomorrow because the more they hear it, the more likely the news is good from Athens. Okay, we've tried really hard this week to bring you a bunch of different angles on this game. Here's a new one. There may be a little rain there tomorrow. There's going to be a lot of rain in Nashville, about a 90% chance of it, and it's definitely going to affect the Vanderbilt-South Carolina game tomorrow night at 6.30. What they're calling for down there is very warm by November standards, around 80 degrees, a lot like we have here, and a chance at scattered 
afternoon thunderstorms. That's what they're calling for in Athens. So the latest installment that we have for you on this epic showdown is Jimmy Himes, longtime Knoxville sports talk show host, also very wired to the University of Tennessee community. Earlier today, I caught up with Jimmy. It's amazing how revisionist history can uh, <laughs> either make us look really stupid or, or really smart. I remember when Danny White hired Josh Heupel thinking, okay, this is just a crony deal where UCF is helping UCF. Man, was I wrong. Well, you weren't the only one. There were a lot of people in that boat. Um, and in fact, Josh Heupel was not the first choice of Danny White. He had a couple of other candidates that he pursued. Was Tony Elliott, who's the head coach at Virginia. Man, how would that look if he was at, at Tennessee right now? But uh, Heupel's done a tremendous job. Uh, George, I thought his offense would be successful in this league against most teams. I didn't think it'd be successful against the better defensive teams like Georgia, Alabama, maybe LSU, but I thought that it could score a lot against pretty much everybody else. Well, he scored 52 against Alabama. I didn't see that coming. Uh, this offense has been much better than I thought. Uh, I actually was on the more optimistic side. The first year, I thought they'd go six and six. Some others didn't think they'd be that good. This year, I thought they'd win nine. Others had them at seven or eight. But I've still been wrong. They're, they're better than I thought. This offense is just uh, remarkable. And the defense has had several really good moments. So, boy, next thing you know, Tennessee's in the hunt for the national championship. Jimmy, I'm going to throw a theory at you, and you can tell me, George, you're all wet with this. But has he found something that is so far ahead of the game that the defensive coordinators are in a complete scramble right now to try to get a hold of it? Yes. Uh, it's, um, I wouldn't say it's like the wishbone where people had trouble figuring it out for a while or like they'll run and shoot. Uh, this is an RPO-based offense that I think is going to be very difficult for defenses to ever catch up, in particular if you're right, if you have the right pieces in place because you've got so many options. You've got so many answers. For anything the defense does, I think the offense can counter it. You're asking a defense to cover the field sideline to sideline, 53 yards wide. You're asking the defense to cover great receivers. You're asking a quarterback to read the defense. The offense, the receivers are reading the defense. And then based on that, that's what they do. And it's hard for a defense to catch up. And, for example, against Alabama, Tennessee successfully got Jalen Hyatt isolated on the safeties at Alabama. The safeties can't keep up with a guy that runs about a 4-3. And so Tennessee hit for a bunch of touchdown passes against Alabama. And they've done it to almost everybody. The, about the only way you can contain this offense is, one, to have about nine NFL players on defense, which Georgia had a year ago, and then to just completely dominate Tennessee's offensive line. If you can do those two things, I think you can contain this offense. Jimmy, on, on – um, and, and I know you've heard this – on on – the Pittsburgh Steeler Philly game last Sunday, Tony Romo threw out the NFL teams are going to look at Heupel. Uh, do you think that's true? Do you have any indication of that? I have no indication of that. I'm not going to say that they won't, but I just don't know that his offense is going to work at the next level. I mean, look at what happened with Steve Spurrier when he went to the next level with his fun and gun 
the uh, run and shoot offense uh, didn't work uh, in, in the NFL with those that tried to attempt it. I think this is more unique to the college game. I think it's going to be hard to emulate it. Now, there are certain parts of this offense that NFL teams are using with Kyler Murray, with Jalen Hurts, and with others. But I don't know that you can go full bore with this offense. Maybe you can, but I, I just I don't see it right now, George. I may end up being wrong about that, but I don't see it. Uh, and um, and I know that there's some Tennessee fans who are like, oh, might lose him to Oklahoma. Well, I don't think that's happened as long as Bob Stoops is affiliated with Oklahoma. And then to the NFL, might lose him there. I think he loves the college game. I think he loves everything about Tennessee, ball walk, ball navy, all those things. But to your question about the offense translating, I'm not sure that it would. I, um, you get, I think that Tennessee gets so many favorable matchups in in the college game, mismatches that I don't know that you could get in the NFL. So I I don't think this offense would be nearly as successful at the next level. Jimmy, one of the things that to me has gone on from afar back when I did Vanderbilt games and we would go to Neyland Stadium. You knew it was a tough place. It always mm -hmm. felt like the Christians versus the Lions. But it seems like Danny White's athletic department, his marketing people, have ratcheted this thing up. Mm -hmm. That fireworks show you would mm -hmm. see at the end of the Alabama game, it looks like that building is on fire. Like I've never yeah. seen. It is. Uh, I remember years ago, George, you might remember this, Doug Dickey made the comment, if you win, they will come. You don't have to do anything fancy. Well, that's no longer the case, in my opinion. You have to fight for the entertainment dollar. You have to entertain the fans that come to your games. So if you score a lot of points, you're entertaining them. If you're beating Alabama, if you're beating a top-ranked team, you're entertaining them. If you're firing out fireworks, if you got light displays, if you got all this music that Sterling Hinton is playing, you're entertaining the fans. And so I think that's what you've got to do. So you mix in that entertainment element with the fireworks and the light show, et cetera, with the changing of the jerseys and the uniforms with a great football team. And all of that has made for a great recipe for Tennessee. George, they sold out five games in a row at Tennessee, and two of them were like Akron and UT Martin. Are right. you kidding me? <laughs> really? So – I, uh, I think they understand that a foot, it's not just a game, it's an event. And they have turned a Tennessee Saturday into an event, not just a football game. Yeah. Um, so kind of give me your gut feeling on how Georgia tries to play this defensively, given that nobody has really gotten them under any semblance of control. One thing that you have to do is control the line of scrimmage, which Georgia is capable of doing and trying to take away Tennessee's run game. The other thing that you've got going on is you, you have to be really good in man coverage and you can't have communication busts. Uh, Kentucky had a number of communication busts. Alabama had a few as well. But what Tennessee will do is they will, they'll run some crossing patterns. They will uh, run a variety of things trying to isolate their fastest receivers on your safeties. Uh, you have to have safeties that can cover because they're going to find a safety. They're going to match a safety up on a wide receiver. So you better have safeties that can do that. You have to have corners that can do it. You got to control the line of scrimmage. You have to communicate well on defense. If you do all those things, you got a chance at containing Tennessee. I don't know about stopping, but containing them. Georgia held them to 17 points a year ago. Now Tennessee's got a better offense than that offense a year ago. But those are some of the things you got to do. So I, I look for Georgia 
to play man coverage, to try to eliminate any buzz. I don't know if you can play Tennessee a zone. I think they'll pick a zone apart. So I think you just have to hope that your guy's as good as Tennessee's guy in man-to-man coverage. What do you think Nolan Smith not being there does to this whole equation? I think it hurts. Now, he's their leading sacker, but he's only got three sacks. He's their leader in tackles for losses, but only got seven. So those are numbers that I'm like, when I heard that, I thought, well, let's see how many sacks. You know, he's a very good pass rusher. He's a really good football player. He also leads him in quarterback hurries. That takes away another pass rusher. But you know what? They've got some other really good pass rushers. He'll be replaced by a four- or five-star player that has ability but not as much experience. So I think it hurts them. Kind of hard to quantify exactly how much it hurts them. But when you lose a player like that, when you lose a guy on the edge that can apply pressure to the opposing quarterback, I think that hurts your defense overall. Jimmy, the whole nation now is starting to get a clue of who Hendon Hooker is. Mm-hmm. I know you know this answer a lot better than I do, so help me with this. So he's not the starter at the beginning of last season, but when he comes in, it just all seems to click as though he should have been there all along. <laughs> what was it he wasn't showing them that had them starting Milton? Well, there, there are two things I'll touch on. Number one, uh, one of the coaches – shared this with the media, Joey Halls is the quarterback coach. They watched Hendon Hooker play in a pickup basketball game. He was the best player on the court. He was having fun. He was enjoying it. He was laughing, having a good time. They didn't see that on the practice field. They saw a guy that was intense, uh, that was uh, pressing a little bit, that was probably trying too hard. And they told him, just relax, play on the football field like you play on a basketball court. I think that's number one. Uh, The other thing that I think happened, so the Tennessee staff inherited Hooker. They went out and recruited Joe Milton. They recruited Joe Milton to Central Florida. Milton's got a bigger arm. Uh, He is a stronger player. He he may be faster, probably is faster, got a better physique. But, and I think there was a desire for him to be the starter. So I think they really wanted Milton to be the guy because he could stretch the field like no quarterback that they had had before in that system. The problem is he didn't read defenses as well. He didn't run the offense as well. He didn't move the football as well as Hendon Hooker. I remember people talking about being a slam dunk for Hooker, but I'll share this with you, George. Several weeks into the uh, August camp, I went to Pat Ryan, former NFL quarterback, former Tennessee quarterback, who's now the color analyst. I said, who's your quarterback? He said, Hendon Hooker. I said, really? I said, most people are going toward Milton. He said, I watch him in scrimmages. Hooker moves the team. He makes good decisions. He throws to the right guy. He's more accurate. That's my quarterback. And then I was surprised that Tennessee picked Joe Milton based on what Pat Ryan said. Well, after two games and an injury to Joe Milton, Tennessee (laughs) staff figured it out. Hey, I got to ask this, um, and then I'll turn it to Billy, see if he's got uh, a couple for you. In, In the old days, when I was coming out of school, Um, If you had somebody who was a legitimate Heisman Trophy candidate, it was almost like a political campaign. They'd send out posters. They'd do all this kind of stuff. I don't really know how that works anymore. Is Tennessee really doing much of anything to, to push the hooker thing? Or is it now, are we now at a point in social media where you don't have to do any of that? 
I think we're at a point in social media where you really don't have to do anything. To answer your question, Tennessee's not really pushing Hendon Hooker for the Heisman. I haven't seen any campaign. I hadn't seen any notebooks. I hadn't seen any bobbleheads. Uh, so I, I, they're really not doing that. If you look at some of the recent Heisman Trophy winners, I don't think those schools had to do that either. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't think Alabama pushed for Devon, uh, Devontae Smith or or Derrick Henry. Uh, I, I don't think that uh, other schools have really had to push Oklahoma. I don't know that they really pushed for Baker Mayfield. Well, they pushed a little bit for Baker Mayfield, but I I don't remember a whole lot of that. I think that. With the Heisman Trophy voters, I don't know that you've got to try to persuade them or bribe them with notebooks and bobbleheads. I think they get it. They can look up games. You can see just about any game you want to do. I've been a voter for many a year. I'm not influenced one bit by any Heisman campaign. And I think most Heisman voters feel that way. So I I do think schools have gotten away from trying to do these, quote, campaigns for players. Billy, I guess I don't have to send uh, Jimmy a plaster bobblehead. <laughs> no, I don't think you do, George. I don't think so. Jimmy, appreciate you taking the time. Uh, sure, a lot has been made of Tennessee's first real road test. And, um, you know, obviously they played at Pitt, played down at LSU. How how different is this atmosphere in Athens going to be than anything Tennessee has seen so far this season? And how much of an impact do you see that crowd making on the Tennessee offense uh, with maybe some of their silent counts and 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 maybe kind of the the momentum that that could build for them. Well, the, the atmosphere would be quite a bit different. Uh, at Heinz Field, gosh, you must have had over 10,000 Tennessee fans. It got loud for Pitt, but nothing like what you face typically at an SEC school. I think, and I said this before the game, I thought Tennessee lucked out that the LSU game kickoff was at 11 a.m. Central Time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the LSU fans did not have an opportunity to prepare properly. <laughs> for this contest. So we gotta I, remember, now, we gotta remember the way he said that. Prepare properly. Yes. <laughs> that so. sounded so much more dignified than the way I've said it, which is get time to have them a few. Yeah. <laughs> so. And after the opening no. kickoff, someone no. probably left after that. Yeah, they did. I mean, by the time they finally settled in and had their third Bloody Mary, the game was over. So uh, now Georgia, Georgia is a different story. It's a 3:30 CBS game. Uh, they will be properly prepared. Uh, now Tennessee only sold 3,000 of the 5,000 allotment, but that's misleading. You had to return your allotment by July the first. But I guarantee you, there'll be at least 10,000 Tennessee fans there. They're gobbling up tickets everywhere they can. The noise factor. Uh, one of the things, I think Tennessee can counter that to a certain degree, and here's why. Because they play in an offense that spreads the field like they do, they go on silent counts all the time, in particular with the receivers. Mm-hmm. So it shouldn't affect them because they do it anyway. You can't hear Hendon Hooker from 30 yards away, uh, offense from the receiver. So they do a silent count. Where it's going to impact them is the offensive line. Watch for that. Uh, there could be some illegal procedures. Uh, we visited with Tim Irwin, former Tennessee great, and he said, believe it or not, he said it has the greatest impact on the offensive line, not in pass protection because you're going backwards. It's in the run blocking game where you're going forward. If you don't get a jump on the guy you're blocking, like Jalen Carter, then you don't have much of a chance to move him. If they get the first jump on you, then that creates a, a lot of difficulty in the run game. So watch Tennessee's run game in this situation, whether the offensive line is getting out off the ball on time and whether or not they have many illegal procedure penalties. I think he can have a factor, but honestly, I don't think it'll be a major factor. Jimmy, appreciate it as always. Great to see you. Uh, Really enjoyed our uh, 
conversation at the uh, Music City Bowl. Let's do it again sometime down the road. George, anytime. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Jimmy Hines has been our guest. We'll go to the break, and then when we come back, it'll be Watson Brown's tale of the tape of the Vols and the Dogs from Athens, Georgia. Stay tuned. This is Main Street Media Television. For Dustin Timmons and Joey Donnelly, they welcome every opportunity to serve and satisfy their clients. Whether you are looking to build your dream home or renovate your current home, their team will ensure that every client and remodel is unique, luxurious, completed on time, and within budget. Contact them today to set an appointment for a free consultation or to view some of their completed projects by logging on to DonnellyTimmons.com. At WellSkin Dermatology and Aesthetics, we pride ourselves in providing access, innovation, and a patient experience second to none. Access to care and treatment when you need it. Innovation with medical-led cosmetics and various on-site technologies for full-service treatments with a customer experience that is calming, casual, and effective. Independently owned, providing medical, surgical, pediatric, and cosmetic dermatology and more. Visit WellSkinMD.com to schedule your appointment today. WellSkin Dermatology and Aesthetics. Access to healthier skin. It's your last chance to get a spring tune-up for summer. Complete Service Heat and Air can clean your coils, check out your motor, and make sure you have cold air on that first hot day of summer. Complete Service Heat and Air is located in White Bluff, Tennessee. We do service and repair on heating and air the right way. 24-7 service. Call us at 615-797-3997. That's 615-797-3997. Serving Cheatham, Davidson, Dixon, Hickman, Humphreys, Montgomery, and Williamson counties. Have you heard about the high levels of radon in Middle Tennessee? Radon gas is the second leading cause of lung cancer, second only to smoking, and has no color, no taste, and no smell. The only way to know if you have radon is to test for it. Duret Radon Mitigation offers testing for small and large-scale residential and commercial properties plus mitigation services. Visit DuretRadonMitigation.com to request testing or get a free estimate for mitigation. That's DuretRadonMitigation.com. Since 1865, the First Baptist Church of Gallatin on Winchester Street has served its community by catering to the least, the last, and the lost. Providing a church of welcome used by God to save the lost, transform the saved, and impact its community. As a proud multi-ethnic congregation, Pastor Derek Jackson personally welcomes you to join them in fellowship Sunday mornings at 8 in person or at 1045 in person or online at firstbaptistgallatin.org. First Baptist Gallatin on Winchester Street, serving with open arms as a true church of welcome. 
in case you're not aware, and if you're not, you're probably not a sports fan, Tennessee and Georgia play tomorrow, 2.30 on CBS at Samford Stadium. I'm told it's a big game. Look at this, a rare Friday appearance from Coach Watson Brown, who ironically is wearing the exact same thing he wore on Thursday. Watson, how are you? <laughs> I've got my passionate pink on, George. I'm doing great, buddy. If you Come would like of me it. to go change shirts, I'll change shirts. Come, but I... of it. Come to think of it, I'm also wearing the same thing I wore on Thursday. I think that's a good point. <laughs> okay, so let's go. I've been way too much of a smart aleck here. Let's go tail of the tape on this thing and see how you break this down. And right off the bat, there are going to be people saying, huh? Yeah, you got Tennessee and Georgia's running games dead even? I do. Tennessee runs the ball more than they throw it. They've run it really well. Coach Smart's number one comment at the start of the week was, I am concerned. Everybody's talking about Tennessee's passing game. I'm really concerned about Tennessee's running game because we don't get that under control. We sure won't stop the pass. And Georgia does run it well with their two tight ends. I call this dead even. Interesting. Okay, I'm going to try to play football coach with you on the throwing game, which obviously goes to Tennessee. Watson, I told a friend of mine earlier today, if I was having to be a defensive coordinator against them, I would absolutely send the kitchen sink early and knock Hendon Hooker into the next universe. Nobody has been able to get him off his comfort zone and I just, uh, first of all, tell me what the pitfalls are to that, if if that's what Georgia tries to do. Well, the, the pitfalls are that basically when you bring five, they know it. It's man-free coverage because you can't play. You can br you bring five guys, George, coach talk-wise, you can play basically two types of coverage. You can play a three-under, three-deep zone because you're bringing five guys or you play what we call man free, a safety sitting in the middle of the field. Everybody else has got a man. That's a dangerous coverage, especially against Tennessee. And, uh, and it's a hard coverage to disguise it, it, but disguising against Tennessee is hard. Anyway, I think that's what's going to happen. I nobody has brought five very much at all against the Vols. I think George is fixing to, they saw Kentucky try to rush three and defend that didn't work. They saw Alabama rush for the whole game and and defend, and that didn't work. I think Georgia's going to come after them a lot more than anybody else has. I think the passing game goes to Tennessee, but I would put it a lot closer to the middle because Georgia's passing for nearly 300 yards a game, George. So they can, they can throw the football really well, too. Okay, defensively, nobody will be surprised that you went Georgia. Yeah. Now, I have felt for the last few weeks that Tennessee's defense is getting better yeah. each and every week, and I, I've I've said to myself, that's got to be coaching because what I saw early in the year and what I saw a year ago, uh, they're way better. But you're saying, I think, not so fast. I'm I'm still not sure. Just a couple of games ago when it mattered, they weren't very good against Alabama. Uh, Alabama scores, what, 49 against them. So 
They're going to have to play a lot better than that against Georgia uh, because they can't just think that Tennessee is going to score 52 on this bunch. So we're going to see. Now, Tennessee is the opposite, George. They bring five a whole lot of the time. Probably half of the game, they'll bring five guys. So Tennessee should be practicing against this throughout the year because it's uh, the, the offense should be. And, and maybe Tennessee can handle it when Georgia brings five. Uh, we, we'll see. We've got that written down here further that's going to come up again. But Georgia's defense is one of the tops in the country. Tennessee's offense is the top in the country. Uh, we'll see who comes out of that uh, come Saturday. Dumb question, but here goes. Do you think Georgia in the last couple of weeks before this week's matchup had been working on Tennessee? Not on the field. Um, not on the field, but off the field, absolutely. They, they didn't, they didn't uh, put everybody in a room together on Sunday of this, this week and say, okay, what do you think we need to do? Uh, they've, they've been talking about this. They've been watching these tapes. That's what these analysts do. You hire these analysts and they're in a room by themselves and they're watching maybe your next opponent or they're watching your big opponent in two weeks. And so there's already ideas being thrown around long before you get to Sunday in these big games. Tennessee probably since the Alabama game has done the exact same thing. Okay. Close game that everybody kind of anticipates, even though the line is Georgia by eight. Special teams could ultimately decide it. Why do you give the check mark to Georgia? Tennessee, to me, has, has struggled in their kicking game a little bit, George. Uh, they've had one block. They've had one tip that went in the uprights to win the Alabama game. The ball was tipped and nicked. Uh, uh, Georgia has been very solid there. Again, move it to the middle, but I give it slightly to Georgia. McConkie, their receiver, is a very good returner and very uh, – makes good decisions with the ball. So I give it to Georgia, but not enough to say that'll be the difference in the game. Dumb question again. Is McConkie uh, the son of the former Giant receiver? I don't know the answer to that. I don't I really either. Don't. It never I, gets brought up. But I, every I, time I doubt I, it or it would have been brought up. I would yeah, say. Every time I see him, he makes plays. Oh, he, he's coach. He – he is a uh, underrated wide receiver. They would miss him dearly if he was hurt. Okay. It would be obvious to say, well, here's an intangible. Tennessee got ranked number one in the college football playoff, the first release, and Georgia's pissed off about that. That'd be the easy intangible, and it's there, but you've got two really specific ones. Yes. The first one, Athens. I think it will be wild. If it can be as wild as Tennessee, we'll see. I don't know if any place can be as wild as Tennessee was, but Athens will be wild. The ticket prices are out of sight. I think the big orange folks are having a trouble getting in. It's going to be red everywhere. It's going to be advantage Georgia by where it's played. And where I, I would have reversed this score if this game – I'm getting ahead of myself mm -hmm. if this game was being played in Knoxville. I think being in Athens is a big intangible plus 
for Georgia. Okay. We know who the home team is. Uh, let's get to the final score. Wait a minute. Let's do the last piece of that intangible if we can okay. do it. Okay, sure. Go ahead. Let's put that I think it's the big piece in the game. I'm, I'm going to promise you, I'll bet everybody, the one that rushes the passer the best in this game, the defense that rushes the passer the best and gets the quarterback, gets to him, in this game wins this football game. Going in, I give that nod to Georgia. Uh, but we'll see. But I think pass rush it will be the big factor in the football game. Okay, obviously Sanford Stadium, big home field advantage for yes. the dogs. Let's get to the final score. And Watson, let me see if I've got this right. Because I've kind of felt this way. If it was at Tennessee, Reverse I think it. Tennessee wins because I don't think Tennessee is going to lose to anybody this year in Not that ballpark. In that environment, nope. If this if this game was in Knoxville, I reversed the score. Probably up it a little. I'd probably up it a little, maybe forty one thirty five or something like that. But being in Athens, I think it's going to be a great game. I can't imagine it getting to eight. I really can't, George. I just don't see it. Yeah, Tennessee would have to play bad on offense, and where they if they play bad and they hadn't all year is turn the ball over, which they have not done very little of. So I'm picking Georgia. I don't feel great about it. I, I wouldn't feel great if I picked Tennessee, to be honest. But I'm, I'm picking Georgia because I think they have the better pass rush. It will show up a little Saturday. They're going to bring five like you brought up. Good point. And it's in Athens. I go a four-point game to Georgia. You want one last dumb question? Yeah. What if this were December 31st, Mercedes-Benz, the home of the Falcons, playoff game between Georgia and Tennessee? I'm not ruling out that that could happen. And both sides basically have 50% of the building. What would you do then? <sighs> I'd probably go Tennessee. I'd probably go Tennessee. I if they meet on a neutral site later on, I think I would go Tennessee. Right now, I think Tennessee's confidence level has grown a bunch since the Alabama game. That's going to help them in this game. Um, they've been to LSU, but they got LSU down quick, and that stadium wasn't what it normally is that day. Tennessee didn't go through what they're going to go through in Athens. I, I just think it's toss-up city, and I would feel better – with Tennessee playing Georgia right today, George, than Tennessee replaying Alabama. If they had to play Alabama in the first round, I would probably lean toward Alabama because I think Alabama would play them totally different than what they did. But right now I would pick Tennessee, but again, I would I don't think I would bet on it. I'd just pick it. I don't I don't think I'd feel it good enough to bet a lot of money on it, I'll tell you that. Interesting. Listen. It's always great to have you on on Friday, <laughs> even though I don't have the budget for you on Friday. You like that? <laughs> no, uh, we're not going there. No, you don't have not. the budget for me on Monday through Thursday. No, so it was my money. Let's don't, <laughs> let's don't go there. <laughs> we're, we're, we're sure not doing this for the pay, okay? <laughs> hey, see you Monday. You have a good one. All right, buddy. See you. And stay tuned. 
We'll have stat of the day coming up next. This is Main Street Media Television. This holiday season, the largest lantern event in the country returns to Nashville Zoo. After sunset, come see more than 1,000 Chinese lanterns. All new designs, including mythical beasts, a fantastical North Pole village, even a dragon soaring over your head. Welcome back to Zoo Illumination at Nashville Zoo. Bigger, brighter, and better than ever. Hit After Hit has become the baseball store in Tennessee. They have over 1,000 different models of gloves and over 1,500 wood bats. They also have several iron mic pitching machines as well as a hit tracks machine. If they don't have it, you probably don't need it. We're proud to call Hit After Hit the official shirt provider of the Plaster and Friends Celebrity Bowling Night. Serving Williamson and surrounding counties, Bone and Joint Institute of Tennessee offers comprehensive orthopedic care with 16 sub-specialized physicians. Our practice provides high-tech care with a hometown touch. We offer physician clinics, physical and occupational therapy, advanced imaging, and surgical services, including interventional procedures. Call us at 615-791-2630. We're Bone and Joint Institute of Tennessee. High-tech care with a hometown touch. Welcome to the Omni Nashville Hotel. Urban elegance with a vintage touch. Our 800-room hotel opened up in the fall of 2013 with 746 guest rooms and 54 suites. At Sumner Funeral and Cremation, our mission is to serve families as our own celebrate the life of their loved one, and help begin the healing process. My whole family, including my wife and my mom and siblings, were very happy with the treatment that we received. I would highly recommend Sumner Funeral and Cremation. We offer funeral, burial, cremations, and pre-planning services. Sumner Funeral and Cremation. Traditional, affordable, dignified. SumnerFuneral.com. Hey everyone, I'm John English, this is Keith Wallace, and we would like to welcome you to John English Antique Sports and Cards in Shelbyville, Tennessee. We specialize in graded and ungraded sports and non-sports cards, vintage wax boxes and unopened cases. We have a large selection of PSA graded cards. We also specialize in old sports collectibles, baseball, football, basketball, golf, and tennis. You can find it all at John English Antique Sports and Cards. We are happy to be associated with Nashville's greatest sports antique, George Plaster.
back into the George Plaster Show. It is now time for Stat of the Day, powered by John English Vintage Sports and Cards. You can find them over in Shelbyville, Tennessee. They've got memorabilia, trading cards, antique and historical sports equipment, games, advertising, and so many other sport-related items. Stop over to John English Vintage Sports and Cards tomorrow morning, or they're also open Tuesdays through Fridays from noon to 5 o'clock. So you got plenty of opportunities to go see them. You can also see them online. JohnEnglishGradedCards.com Also, don't forget about Eric Berner with Rockcastle Wealth Advisors. You can give Eric a call at 615-490-7052 or visit RockCastleWealth.com for more information. All right, George, are we ready for today's stat of the day? No Watson. Yeah, and that that is a that gives me a little bit of a, a queasy feeling. It's kind of a gut punch. Well, it is because you don't have anybody to bounce it off of. No. You know the answer, and you're not willing to help me. <laughs> I don't. It's illegal for me to help you. I mean, I I would if I could. George, here's the question though: the Philadelphia Eagles are now eight and zero this season. Crazy. Prior to this season, how many times in their existence as a franchise have they started the year 8-0? That's a good one. Uh, I believe the answer is either 1 or 0, and I'm I'm more likely to go with 0 than I am anything else because when I look back on their history, they won an NFL title back in '60 when they played in old Franklin field, um, this most recent world title, when they beat the Patriots under Doug Peterson, they didn't open eight. No, I think the answer is zero. Okay. Final answer. Zero. Zero point zero from which is also the same as my SAT score. Wow. Here it is. And you got it. Yeah. None. Michael's got their upcoming games coming up. Washington at home, at Indy, and then at home against Green Bay. So, George, they I mean, they could be 11-0. Well, it's when they play at Dallas that it would appear, at least on paper. Of course, none of these games are played on paper. But it appears that until they go down to Dallas, that they've got pretty easy sledding. Yeah, man, what a start for them. Yeah. A.J. Brown, familiar name. He's a pretty big pickup for uh, You think? A little bit. He's a beast. A little bit. George, you know what time it is? Yes, it's uh, it's 5 o'clock somewhere. Oh, it's not. We just did stat of the day. It's 5 o'clock mm-hmm. hour. Yeah. Powered by Middle Tennessee Bone and Joint. They combine state-of-the-art orthopedic service with a family atmosphere. Whether it's a sports injury, a sprained ankle, or a major joint replacement, they've got all the staff, training, and equipment that you need If you ever are in need of help there, their mission is to provide high-quality, specialized orthopedic care in a compassionate manner. Visit them on the web at mtbj.net for more information. Okay, let me tell people a little bit of what we have coming. In around 10 minutes, Scott Ramsey, who is the CEO of the Nashville Sports Council, but also the man who runs the Music City Bowl is going to join us. Earlier this week, it got out that he's getting ready to make a bid when the new stadium happens to get the uh, 
the college football playoff title game. That's big stuff. That is big stuff. He's going to talk to us about that. Of course, at this time every week, Jeff Pennington joins us. But first, a word from Pennington Distilling. Pennington Distilling Company was founded in 2011 with the goal of creating original craft spirits that embody the same character as the city they were born in, Nashville, Tennessee. From grain to glass, every step is taken to produce spirits of exceptional craftsmanship and quality. Pick up one of their award-winning products like Picker's Vodka, Davidson Reserve Whiskey, and Whisper Creek Tennessee Sip and Cream today. Or stop by the distillery in West Nashville and the nations. Follow them on social media and online at PenningtonDistillingCo.com. Jeff, let's get to the important issue of the day, which most people think is the Tennessee-Georgia game, but I need to know, how'd the wedding turn out? Man, the wedding was awesome. Uh, family, both families got along. You never know how it's going to go. Was, uh, I actually got to do my first chairs dance, which was a lot of fun. You could dance, hold people uh, dancing in there. I was really nervous. I was afraid I was going to drop them. Uh, but it was a really fun wedding. It was, it was awesome. My brother, I, I love his wife, so it was awesome. Okay, again, you're out on a golf course. Is this um, is this Medina? Where is this? This is the Royal Macabe International Club. It's the official country club of Sylvan Park. Um, some people Maccabee. call it McCabe. Maccabee. <laughs> I get Maccabee, you know. So it's yeah. uh, I live over here in Sylvan Park, so it's it's my home course. I, I love it. Are you aware that Tennessee and Georgia play tomorrow? You know, I've heard something about it. <laughs> Have you I've, ever I've, seen as much hype for a I, game as this one? Not, you know, this kind of feels like the George Alabama talks of the past few years or the Alabama Auburn talks. You know, we we got it. We're just lucky to be there. So I don't think it's at that level person. I'm trying to stay humble because we got to, you know, you know, those some of those Auburn, some of those Clemson and, and Alabama games were pretty good there for a few years. And uh, yeah, so I just hope it's a good game. I am. I was, you know, as, as excited as I was to see number one in the the playoff poll. I mean, I get why they did it because of the quality wins, but I really wish they wouldn't have because I feel like that just gives a little bit of ammo to Georgia as the undefeated reigning national champions to kind of step up. I'm sure they're going to be pl- plenty ready to play, but I don't oh, want to give know them any more incentive. You know, they have uh, pasted that to every bulletin board in those dorms where the athletes say. So I'm going to try it this way. What would you have made the line on this game? I would have made it, if I was a bookmaker, I was picturing it coming out around 11 to 12 and a half. That's what I was thinking. Really? So eight and a half, eight and a half really shocked me, but that's also before the Kentucky game, right? Yeah. So, you know, the Kentucky game, I think we, we obviously came out there. Our defense really, I mean, it's the most impressive defense. I think we're getting a little bit of confidence. And confidence is a huge thing, so. I was someone, I said someone, uh, I was picturing it maybe being six, six and a half after the Kentucky game. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I like the Vols all day. I'm going to take them. So I've already, I'm going to Vegas on Sunday, as I told you. So I called a friend and got me a $200 ticket on the money line at plus 225. Just so if I show up to Vegas, I get the pleasure of cashing in a ticket in Vegas. Oh, you'd love nothing more than that, would you? <laughs> oh, it'd be the great. I arrive Sunday. I get there Sunday. There's like, uh, it's the Tennessee PGA does this. It's like once a year, like 40 different country clubs. And I'm yeah. with Maccabees Club. Go. So there's a, they've already got some big uh, sports bar book for the Sunday night game with all the Tennessee guys. So it's going to be fun times. So if I show up there and get to cash that ticket in, what a great start to the week. 
LSU is an almost two-touchdown dog at home to Alabama. I, I don't know what I think. I kind of think it may be about three too many. What do you think? I, you know, LSU at home, but like we've had, man, we, I feel like we've had LSU almost every week. I've been watching them a lot, and I keep calling them Jekyll and Hyde. They look really good against Florida, but I also thought Alabama was going to kind of have a, a little setback with Mississippi State, and they just seem to keep rolling. So I actually think I actually think uh, Alabama rolls by 20-plus. I, I, like, I like Alabama. I think they win by three touchdowns. Okay, so you're emphatic there. Yeah, I like that bet. It looks like weather is going to be a big factor in the Vandy South Carolina game. Looks like it's going to rain all day tomorrow, uh, beginning around seven in the morning. South Carolina is a touchdown favorite. I, I want to believe this is where Vandy has a little bit of a breakout. I'm not all that impressed with Spencer Rattler. What do you think? Well, you know, earlier this year, I, I made a pick that one I didn't like it. You laughed at me. I took Auburn over someone, and you're like, you don't really believe that. I was like, well, I'm with a bunch of Auburn fans, and <laughs> actually, I've got I've got about 13 friends from Columbia, South Carolina, in town, and I'm going to go and tailgate with them. They come every two years. They actually came and took a tour to the distillery today. They're some of our sales reps to sell our whiskey in South Carolina, and since I'm going to be with them, I'm going to take South Carolina minus seven. Because I don't really, I don't really know. I'd love, I'd love for Vandy to hang in there, but you know, every but time I see the bet on Vandy, they stink. And so when I don't bet it, when I pick them, they, they, they're not terrible. And I mean, they're terrible when I pick them. So I'm just not going to pick them, and maybe they'll win. So this is just a big suck up play, is all this is. Exactly, exactly. I need these guys to sell some more booze when they go back. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you were honest about it. So yeah. when you get out to Vegas Sunday. Sunday night game is the Chiefs and the Titans. The Chiefs are used to all this national TV stuff in prime time. Not so much so with the Titans, who don't get nearly as much of this. We know that that Kansas City has had a lot of trouble with the Titans, and yet the line is double digit. It's twelve and a half. Tell yeah, me, didn't it open? It, didn't it open at ten and a half? I think it opened. Yeah, I at think so. And it's moved two points yeah. already, which is. Amazing, you know, I, you know, is Tannehill playing? I haven't even. I've, See, I've been so busy at work this week. I don't even know. Is, is no he one knows because Jeff. Here's the deal: he practiced on Wednesday, but then didn't practice yesterday. Now, what we don't know is: is this Vrabel throwing Kansas City a curve? Is there some problem <laughs> with I mean. There's that's no an old school. That's an old school Belichick play, right? Yeah, Where did he come from? I is. mean, was was Brady ever not on the injury report? In like he was, he years? was there 440 <laughs> weeks in a row. He he was yeah. on it before he married Giselle. What was his? What was his? Uh, what was his injury again? The, the details on it. What was it? Like ankle, foot? Like oh, I, you know, just make up one. I mean, I don't know. I think he plays. Then I kind of like if he practiced on Wednesday. Of course, I wasn't that practice, but. They're going to need him. I mean, can we give a shout-out to King Henry last week? I mean, come oh, on. He won that game for us. I mean, what a beast. 218 yards. He, and they, they only think he played the last five minutes, right? I mean, he was just – I just got – I loved it. That What is that, three weeks in a row? Two. He had three games in a row over 100 yards. This one over 200. Yeah. I think that if Tannehill's there, they might have a chance. But, man, unfortunately, I you know what? I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it. Since the line's moved two and a half – 
two points, I'm going to go against America and I'm going to go for the Titans. I would normally have at 10 and a half. I think I would have taken the chiefs, but I'm going to, I'm going to go with the Titans with the heart just to get a dog in there. I like your spirit. Now, is there a way to watch you hit a golf shot live? <laughs> you could, I don't know if you want to. <laughs> oh no. I think, um, what, what do we think, Billy? I'm I'm for that. Okay. If it was you, I wouldn't want to see it. No, no, there's no reason. Okay, he goes away again. Is, is hold on, he, hold on. Let, let me see if I can uh, get my buddy to hold. This is good television button. right here. Oh yeah. All right. Okay. Hold on. This, so this could go really bad. What hole are we talking? We are on hole number, hole number one, two, three, four, five, six on the middle. In the middle, I've been there. I, I'll get my buddy to hold the phone, see if I can flip okay. the camera. They want to get me yeah. a shot. This is some live play-by-play. How you doing? Pretty oh, good. Oh yeah, I've played this this hole. Yeah. But I bet that where in my the, tee shot has landed is not where his will. In the flip flops. You that's do have regular. That's McCabe. That's that's McCabe. Uh, regular clothing right there. Okay. <laughs> Take a practice swing. That's good. All right. Sounded good. We need a ball tracer. <laughs> you got the, the tracer out? Oh, yeah. I don't need to be playing with him. <laughs> Pose for a while. Club oh, shoot, I forgot there's people out in the middle. There's people out in the middle of the fairway. I just hit it right down the fairway. I, don't know. <laughs> I think I hit it past them. I didn't even should know they we were out there. Hey, should we let these people know who sponsored this little problem? <laughs> Since I, I forgot so. to do it at the beginning. Oh, I'm clipping that. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff, you have a good weekend. You too. Go balls. Go Titans. Okay, that was good stuff. We're about to meet up with the guy that I think is probably the busiest person in sports in this area right about this time of year. Scott Ramsey is the CEO of the Nashville Sports Council and also runs the Music City Bowl. And there's a lot of stuff going on. Mike Organ got some really good stuff from him a few days ago, and so I wanted to bring on Scott right about now. Hello, Mr. Busy. How are you? <laughs> hey, George, I'm great. How are you? Good to see I'm you. Doing good. So not all of us run a bowl game, uh, but you do. <laughs> so tell us what things are like right about now as you try to pare down who's realistic and who isn't to maybe come here. Yeah. You know, I always try to compare it, George, to, um, to just business and, um, you know, in the bowl game, the business is for 11 months a year from January through November, you're really running a business that you don't know your, what your product's going to be. You don't know which teams are coming. So then you flip your business model December 4th this year on Sunday, and you got three weeks to kind of really, uh, you know, make your product um, marketable and sell it and, uh, and execute the plan that you generically put together for 11 months. So, you know, that that's a little generic, but this time of year, um, it's pretty hectic and, um, you know, we're, we're trying to finalize all the fundraising, all the sales, um, you know, ticket sales start picking up a little bit. Um, we, we really had a good renewal period. Um, but yeah, you're right. Now you're kind of really trying to prepare for the what if on some teams. And, uh, um, that really kind of dictates a lot of things in December from operations to, uh, practice sites, to hotel needs, to travel, 
uh, to ticket sales. So um, it, it's a little nerve wracking, um, but uh, we're excited. You know, it's hard to believe it's our 25th anniversary game. And, uh, um, you know, I think the Bulls really done what it set out to do business wise with really creating an event between Christmas and New Year's that uh, has brought um, over 35,000 on average fans uh, to our city each year. So um, uh, we're excited about it and looking forward to uh, the game on New Year's Eve. For the first time ever, we're on ABC Sports this year. Um, and uh, we're only one of four games on, including the two semis on New Year's Eve. And uh, that'll be a great showcase for our city. Scott, let me uh, let, let me go back a year ago when you got Tennessee and Purdue. And in my opinion, the best bowl game of the year it was so exciting. Uh, goes down to the dramatic, uh, you know, last play right. of overtime. After it's over, I'm getting in my car and and I'm driving out of Nissan Stadium and I see that bridge and all those people piling back into downtown. And that's the visual of exactly why our city did this. Right. Yeah, it was. I, I mean, you know, it's, again, I, I've had the fortunate um, opportunity to be here all 25 years, but you were here with us in the late 90s, and there wasn't a whole lot between Christmas and New Year's, right? And uh, we built the stadium, and Mayor Bredesen at the time really challenged us with creating uh, another event. The bowl game was, in our estimation, a little dicey. You know, we, we, were, we were a small city absorbing an NFL team moving here, a new stadium, uh, a brand-new expansion NHL team, a new arena, um, and uh, economically, that it, it felt a little stretched. But I think we look back now and, and really with the New Year's Eve party, uh, the, the destination uh, of Nashville that has grown, uh, the bowl game's been extremely successful. And now with the Big Ten SEC, you know, I think we're really set up for the next three or four years. And then hopefully a new stadium and uh, allow us opportunities to, to really uh, make some fun decisions and strategic decisions on where we go with postseason college football uh, in our city. Yeah, you're one question ahead of me. Um, I want to go back to the December 31st. I think I'm right. This is the first time it's ever been on New Year's Eve. No, we, we were. I, I can't remember the year, George, but we had a couple of them in there in the mid-2000s. Um, when, when we started the New Year's Eve uh, event, or the, the, the CBC and Butch did, um, we, we really tried to anchor it in on the 30th so we could really extend that week uh, from a business standpoint, filling hotels, filling restaurants, so we didn't we didn't really have the bowl game and New Year's Eve on top of each other on the 31st. We kind of led into it, um, and that's worked really well. But this year with the Titans playing Thursday night with the Cowboys, uh, Friday just wasn't feasible to turn the field in, in natural grass. So um, we're fortunate ESPN and uh, ABC was able to, to slot us in there for, for the 31st, which will be a, a pretty hyped-up uh, day of college football. Well, it's a pretty incredible week the Predators have a Tuesday, and I want to say that's the 27th, mm -hmm. a, a home hockey game. The Dallas Cowboys are in here, like <laughs> you said, Thursday night, the 29th. And then the bowl game on the 31st, it, it, it's an incredible three, four, five days of sports in our city. But, Scott, you know what's going on because you're you're right in the middle of it. <clears throat> City's talking about the potential – of this new dome stadium, how are you trying to play it right now? Because it, it's not a for sure done deal, but it feels like it's going to happen. 
Well, I, I think we're just trying to be prepared the best we can, George. We, we know it's got to take its uh, natural course um, through, the, through the Metro Council. And, uh, you know, fingers crossed for us that, uh, that it will get through. I, I think what the Titans and Burke Nye Hill and, and uh, Mayor Cooper and uh, Governor Lee uh, put together really um, is, is a really well-balanced business deal and really helps the city out from obviously eliminating uh, the maintenance long-term of, of Nissan Stadium. And, and um, I, I'm really uh, a little bit surprised that uh, I, I think the deal was so well-balanced, in my opinion. But what that does for us, really, and, and to your question is, you know, for the last several months, we've been trying to to also align and think about the bid cycles uh, of the major events. Uh, they just don't happen overnight. <laughs> you build a stadium and they don't come the next month. So typically, events like men's final four, for example, uh, are getting ready to announce cities all the way through 2030 or 2031. So we'll have to wait a few years, even with the new same coming online to, to line that up. College football playoff, we all know kind of the politics and the expansion plan there with the 12 team coming in. When will that come in? Will we be ready? What years will they be looking back in the mid, mid-South uh, to come? Um, and can we meet the requirements to, to do that? Yes, I think we can. And then, obviously, the Super Bowl is the big one, uh, maybe the biggest sporting event worldwide other than World Cup uh, that's out there. So we now have a chance really to start thinking about, you know, that first five to eight years uh, of the building being open. And if we don't start preparing now and, and it does come to fruition, uh, then we're behind on really positioning the city to, to quickly kind of uh, line those events up. If the thing doesn't happen and we go back to Nissan Stadium, we don't have the facility to bid on those events. So, you know, it's just a little bit of work that, uh, you know, that is wasted at that point. So we're trying to be prepared and trying to be proactive. And if we get the green light, um, you know, hit the accelerator pretty hard. Scott, take me through on the college football playoff stuff. A- am I right? 2026 is sort of the dividing line that you would be essentially sending a bid to say after 26, we want to host something? Yeah, I, I think once the Metro Council uh, goes through their uh, deliberations and hopefully we get a green light, I, I think, you know, early first quarter in talking to the Titans, uh, they feel like they'll have a good timeline for completion. But I, I think really, George, the, the, the bigger timeline with the college football playoff is 2026, every bowl game, every playoff model, every site, every broadcaster, every game date is is being redone. Um, there, there's a really good sense that it could be enacted in 2024, as you know, a little bit early. That's in the middle of our current contract cycle with the SEC and the Big Ten for the Music City. Um, so we'll see how, how that'll play out. But really, I think you're looking at 26 and beyond. I think there's a lot of questions there. One, um, will we be able to compete for a quarter and semi, or will those automatically be extended to the current New Year's Six guys? Don't know. When will the when will the national championship game be played? Don't know. Will that be late January, mid-January, early January? What about the first-round games? Is every game going to be on campus? Some ADs want them, some don't. We don't know. What will the, re- the bowl game or the bowl system look like on, on a traditional bowl game? Well, that could be to de- de- be dependent a little bit on when you can play the slot. So, you know, they're going to have exclusive time slots. As you know, the media is not going to pay billions and not have exclusive windows for the quarterfinals, semifinals, and those games. So that could make less windows available in that 29, 30, 31 that we're typically playing our games in. So 
you know, there's just a lot of questions there. And uh, we're certainly trying to, to create a kind of a decision tree, if you will. So a lot of what if kind of things to be ready. Um, but uh, the stadium certainly opens up a lot of excitement, um, a lot of interest nationally, and a lot of opportunities for our city. Scott, we've talked about some of the obvious stuff that a, a new dome would have you, you know, jumping all over. Give me an event or two that maybe you've thought about for that facility that maybe none of us really have. Well, I, that, that's a tough one to answer right now because I think I, I know the Titans are working down the, the, the road of really making a community of a facility. So with that, what's that community element look like? Um, you know, I, I think it gets us back into thinking about the high school football championships. You know, I, I, I can't think of a high school football player who wouldn't like to finish their, their, their season in the NFL stadium in our state. Um, I, I think it thinks about a lot of music and entertainment events that maybe we could do that you don't have the, the time or the turnover issues. Like right now, it's really tough to keep sodding and moving that around. We're going to have a real challenge turning the field between Thursday night and Saturday, you know, making it look as best as we can if we catch a bad weather day. So I, I, think, I think we have to rethink, and the Titans have really been, been thoughtful on this, on it's going to have access to a lot of non-sporting events, community access events, and, and quite frankly, really open up the days where you could fill, you know, 80 to 100 days a year uh, rather than probably their current 30 or 40, I would guess. Okay, last thing I want to ask you. Um, South Carolina comes in here tomorrow night to play Vandy. And they're one of the teams, if you lumped in, okay, what teams out of the SEC would make sense? South Carolina is one of those. I think we know Tennessee and Georgia and Alabama are not coming here this year. Uh, it didn't take rocket science on my end to figure that out. But of that group, do you try to go with the philosophy that, look, if they've come in here to play Vandy already, that you're less likely to want them to come here a second time. Sometimes uh, I, I, I totally think it's um, a little bit of a gut feel George on just the trajectory of the program that's coming in, you know, did they come in where they really struggling Were they just here? And um, in the case of Texas A&M was one that just wasn't a good fit. They just wanted to come back. On the case of Tennessee or Kentucky, when we've had them some years where they've they've played in Nashville, it didn't impact it at all. So Auburn was, I think, that way, if I remember right. Don't don't quote me there, but a couple of years ago. So um, anyway, I I just think you got to kind of make that feel a little bit. You know, South Carolina is one of the the couple teams that have not played in our game as as an SEC team, um, and I think that's when we just got to have an honest conversation with Ray Tanner, their AD, and and just kind of gauge how you're feeling they finish the year and um, and make a call. Okay. You want a softball to end this? <laughs> sure. I love softballs, George. Here we go. Softball. Okay. It was two years ago, right about now, that we oh, lost um, a, an incredible friend to the city, sports council, to, to volunteerism in general in Rick Region. And he would want me to ask you, 
Do you need any volunteers between now <laughs> and the end of the year? <laughs> and if well, you do, how can they get involved? NashvilleSports.com, and yes. You know, I think uh, when you look at our, our our schedule coming out for 2023, George, and I'm going to lump in the bowl game since it's the 31st, sure. um, and then I'll get to your volunteer thing, but we, we need everybody's help. Um, the, the bigger events, the longer events take more bodies, um, eight people on staff, um, and uh, just doesn't cut it. So we, we need volunteers. It, it's really the face of our city. It's been the heartbeat of our events. Uh, but, you know, we go to the bowl game. We go SEC men's basketball in, in March. We come back for a traditional St. Jude marathon, half marathon. Um, and then we go into July for the first time with the SEC football media days. Uh, our, our IndyCar Grand Prix event comes back in August. And then we've got Tennessee, Virginia kicking off the season uh, in Nissan Stadium uh, next Labor Day. So we, we need some volunteers these next nine, ten months for that, that event schedule. And uh, hopefully I'll get involved enough to become Rick Region Volunteer of the Year. Uh, and, and sometime down the road, oh, we miss man. him. We miss him. America's I know you do too. Would, yeah, America's guest would say thank you. We, we miss him, and I, I know we miss another one of our buddies too with Joe Biddle passing oh, this gosh. week. And yeah. unfortunately, I was out of town and, and couldn't go to the service, but uh, I think that should be mentioned as well. Uh, as, uh, cer certainly, uh, we miss Joe, and, and what an awful disease. So, um, Hopeful that uh, his family has uh, heard the prayers. Yes, you are absolutely right. Scott, thank you for taking the time on, shall we say, short notice? Yeah, I, I'm out of town visiting a buddy um, and uh, just really taking uh, that last little breath before uh, we, hit the, we hit the home stretch. So I appreciate you having me, George. Good to see you. And, uh, and thanks. Talk to you soon. You got it. Anytime. He's busy. That I know for sure. Uh, but hey, some interesting stuff there. Uh, Billy, I don't know how many people realized Tennessee, Virginia to start next football season. Yeah, big matchup. Uh, I think Tennessee fans love that uh, whenever they get to see their team in the mid state. Uh, but yeah, Virginia coming to the mid state. I totally forgot about it. I did not realize it. A lot of things happening. A He's lot. a busy man. The, uh, the cooperation between his department, Butch Spiridon's department, all of the people that have turned this into the sports town that it is ought to be really proud of that. I know we're way late to a break. When we come back, Tyler Paul Mateer will join us. Week number one of the playoffs in Tennessee high school football. Stick around. Buying or selling a home can be a very personal experience. Why not go with the team that receives nearly all of their business from referrals? Clearly a trusted name in real estate. The Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners has sold more than 500 homes in the last seven years. Voted best in Sumner County multiple times. Proven to be trusted with your most personal assets. Call the Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners at 615-906-8458. The Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners. Middle Tennessee's most trusted team in realty. 
I highly recommend Sumner Funeral and Cremation because of their caring nature and attentiveness to detail. Pre-planning your funeral now will bring you peace of mind and less stress to your loved ones. When the chaos of losing you happens, your family can honor and celebrate your life, knowing things are happening just as you wanted them to. Pre-planning determines the details of your funeral, cemetery services, and can be less expensive. We are honored to serve you and are always here for you in your time of need. Sumner Funeral and Cremation. Traditional. Affordable. Dignified. SumnerFuneral.com. Jody Jones Dentistry can handle all your dental needs from the basics to cosmetic procedures. All of this in the nicest dental facility I have ever seen. Jody has done it right. They're located conveniently at 55 Music Square East. And for an appointment, it's simple. Dial 615-259-5100 and tell them Plaz sent you. When you're thinking about golf, consider Riverside Golf Links. Under new ownership, the course has improved dramatically. It's now 27 holes, complemented by a nine-hole executive course. Book a tee time now at 615-847-5074 and get ready to enjoy the beauty of golf in the old Hickory area at Riverside Golf Links. I'm Bart Durham. I was sworn in as a lawyer in 1963, and I've been working as a lawyer since then. We're a firm that does exclusively personal injury, a lot of tractor-trailer crashes. Insurance companies will open up their checkbooks when you force them to. We have systems that work. We get the most money for our clients in the shortest amount of time. I'm Blair Durham. My dad and I want to help. Give us a call at 615-242-9000. This is Eric Berner with Rock Hassle Wealth Advisors. I help people in the pursuit of making their money live as long as they do. People hire me because I use a customized, individualized, and personal approach for the person I'm working with. Everyone's situation is different. If you've lost a spouse or a parent and want to make sure your inheritance is utilized and does not just disappear, I can help with that. Call me at 615-235-1058 or email Eric at rockcastlewealth.com. Well, it's a big night all around the state of Tennessee with uh, the opening weekend of high school playoff action, postseason play. And um, you know what? Before I bring Tyler up, let me go ahead and get to Brian Stewart, who is uh, with us there. Brian, perfect timing. How you doing? Man, that was perfect timing. I literally just came on. So, hey, I hope I look good for you, George. You're looking great. And unlike me, you don't need a comb. It's all (laughs) right there. Yeah. Well, we're all headed the same way. Tell me what the weekend is like in the real estate world. I ask you that a lot, but this stuff has fluctuated so much in recent months that I'm always curious what's really moving. Well, um, 
I think the big thing that's moving right now is uh, is the realtors themselves getting out there and and basically just letting buyers know that the sky has not fallen. Um, you know, interest rates did go up again, uh, so we're you know we're in the sevens, and it is it, it is scary for uh, people that you know looked at last year and the year before and. You know, they're like, oh, my gosh, you know, how how am I going to get past this? You know, how am I going to afford buying a home at this rate or so forth, so on? Well, in the new agent meeting that I had last night, and that's why I couldn't make the show last night uh, because I was in there with my other guys and gals there. Uh, one of the things that we covered is, you know, how do you talk to these buyers and let them know that, you know, everything's going to be OK, that, you know, there is a silver line into this. And one of the things that we covered was the sellers are given more concessions now. Now that does not mean that a seller is losing money on the sale of a home. That just means that they are giving a concession to bring the buyer. The buyers are still paying the price for the home. That is a, a comp for the home. And that's what we do is we comp that home out to what it needs to be uh, to get it sold on the market. And when the buyer comes along, we offer them a concession. We get them a home warranty. We have buy down points. Uh, we have the uh, closing cost. I mean, there's there's a number of things that buyers can take advantage of right now to help them get into a home. And George, as always, uh, you know, the market is up and down. I mean, it's, that's what it's going to do. And that's what it's always always has done. Uh, so when that market does go down again, which it will, and those interest rates drop, those buyers that were in there at seven, uh, they're going to be able to refinance and get that to get that rate down to a more affordable payment for them. So one of the other things that we talked about is uh, one of the best investments you can make uh, and put your money out there and get to work for you is investing in real estate. Uh you know, you can put it in the stock market and you know how the stock market's done. It's just gone up and down. Uh, one thing with real estate is that it has stayed consistent. Uh, you're always going to make money in real estate. So I just encourage people to give us a call, talk to us. Um, you know, let's let's just sit down, put pen to paper and see what we can do to help you. Um, you know, whether you're a seller or a buyer, there's plans out there for everybody that we can help with. Uh, so give us a call, 615-822-0750. Look us up on uh, our website, onestoprealtytn.com. And we have our Facebook page and our Instagram page. Matter of fact, we have a brand new Instagram page. So I encourage everybody to get out there, give us a like and a follow. I promise we're going to be able to help you find what you need as far as real estate goes. Brian, you have a great weekend. We'll do it again on Monday. George? I'm loving the World Series too, man. I hate to say Pretty it, but stuff. that is an exciting World Series right now. So, oh, absolutely. Have a great hey, weekend. You too. This may be Houston Astro colors. I didn't think about that. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Yeah. Let's say hello to Tyler Paul Mateer, who is pinch hitting today for Zach Womble, who is busy, but will join us when Friday Night Live begins during the six o'clock hour. Tyler, Metro Nashville seems to have had a little bit of an upswing and it needed to happen. And I'm curious, how far do you think it can carry into the postseason? Yeah, that's a good question, George. I think 
it's it's not a matter of really i don't know that there's one in the mix that you're just thinking got to pencil this group into the into the semis but i see three teams in, in east nashville in 3a and pearl cone in 4a and cane ridge in 6a that could sort of crash the party if you will east nashville i i was sort of trumpeting them as a, as a possible contender midway through the year the way they'd handled you look at the big schools they beat. I mean, uh, Father Ryan, Independence. I mean, those are those are good programs. And but having lost two straight now, and and not clinching the region as as many expected, the road changes a little bit. But they're I mean, explosive players for them. Frank Gordon's a great player. Uh, they've, they've they've had a consistent defense. Uh, I think for East Nashville, it's a matter of just turning around. Pearl Cone is kind of a wild card. They're a little bit up and down, but. I've seen them twice this year, and I promise you that the athletes are on the field to flip kind of any game on its head. The way they beat Marshall County uh, in the last game I saw there uh, just could not get over the hump the entire game. I mean, constantly just shooting themselves in the foot when it looks like this comeback's going to get over the hump. And, you know, they win on a basically win on a blocked field goal that got returned 73 yards for a touchdown. They have these special teams factors that I think could play a big role in the playoffs. And then, in, in 6A, in the large class, Kane Ridge, uh, have uh, you know, uh, they've had a great season. And uh, quarterback in Siobhan Abdullah, that's a, a great leader. Mose Phillips just received an offer from Virginia. I heard you guys talking about uh, the Cavaliers a second ago. But um, that's his first Power 5 offer. And I know that he and the staff at Kane Ridge have been waiting on that. There's more guys than just Mose. But, um, and if there's Tennessee fans out listening right now, that's Mose Phillips III. He is, uh, he's the son of Mose Phillips, uh, the former fullback at at, at Tennessee, I'm not a, a Vols historian by any uh, by any stretch, but I believe the the memorable run for his dad was I think in the rain is like 65 yards or something in the rain, where it's just you know it's that old Astro turf. Oh, and the, I remember. The water's well. coming up. And, yeah. yeah. So, uh, anyways, uh, got off track there. But Cambridge has got a good football team. Byron Davis is another guy that uh, is is really good for them. Reggie Goodlow. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see especially for Kane Ridge, a team that's lost in the first round for two years, two years in a row, uh, what that team can do in a 6A race that suddenly looks a little more open. Oakland has been a contender for Lord only knows how long. Uh, it's a real credit to that program, the longevity of excellence. What about this year in 6A? Yeah, that's a tough question. And Oakland losing at CPA would just sort of made us all – rethink exactly what's what's going to happen um that's still a really good football team and my take on that was just what a great loss if you're going to have one if you're oakland in a, in a non-region schedule it's not going to count against your playoff seating and for for kevin creasy you've got three weeks to tell your guys that they're not that good and that they need to be better and that that's just how you motivate players in general but especially kids um so that's that's going to be interesting i think uh I would probably still pick Oakland, but you've got some other teams out there. You got Merrillville. Uh, I think Beach suddenly is a team you have to think about with the way they can run the ball uh, with with JP Courtney and Darius Johnson. The defense has been really good. I love teams this time of year that are not fully relying on a passing attack. I, it, you know, if you have one running back even that can is a guy that's a sure thing for two or three yards. That's important. But Beach has a run game that is, I think seems like it's gotten better uh, over the course of the year. So uh, I think got to throw the Buccaneers into this mix too. If you're going to, if you're really going to talk about it and dissect the race. 
Nolansville is a school that five, six years ago sort of came on the uh, on the horizon. Timothy Kutras, who is now at Liberty University, sort of led them uh, on, on a march. Uh, ultimately didn't win a state title, but they had a really good postseason. Are they back at that level again? Yeah, you know, I have I didn't see those teams in person. I had I was not here yet, but it looks like a 5A, you know, class 5A type contender. Uh, you know, Page is is a good football program that really dug itself in last year by getting to the state finals and almost beating Powell and the win over Page I think was important just because you got to get over kind of your region uh yeah, that was kind of the thorn in their side last year, lost in the regular season and lost in the playoffs. And I think it's a big confidence builder when you win those games. But they're big up front. They force turnovers. Uh, Chance Fitzgerald, if you haven't seen him, uh, the the wideout has, ever since the Page game, I don't have the number in front of me, but he's he's had to have had at least six or seven Power 5 offers. And, you know, it's Michigan, Oklahoma State. Uh, there was another Big 12 team that jumped into the mix there too for him. But – He's the real deal. I mean, he he is a, a game-breaking type receiver who you could probably also, you know, throw some pop passes to or something like that. And then, and they've got a run game. Samson Johnson's a little senior running back that's – he's been around. And so he's kind of that back I'm talking about. Just a guy that you – if you've got fourth and two and you want to go for it because you're not quite in punting territory, just give him the ball and he's not, you know, not going to fumble it, the experienced guy that can run it. Where will you be tonight? I know you got better things to do than sit in here with us. Oh no, I'm I'm comfortable in here. I, I'm actually usually gearing up for some traffic uh, excursion. It took me an hour and a half to get to Antioch earlier this year uh, for my place over by kind of my metro center. So that is brutal. Look, it was crazy, honestly. There were about three. I kept checking the maps, think what is going on, and it was just there were like three different wrecks and. Two of them were on my alternate route, so it was just chaos. But I'm going to East Nashville, White House at East Nashville tonight, so easy little trip for me. So, I, you know, I don't have anywhere to be, George. You guys can keep me on for longer if you want. Now, listen, thank you for doing this. Um, tell everybody over there tonight we said hello, and uh, I'm sure at some point during the evening we will talk again. All right, sounds good. Thank you, guys. Tyler Paul Mateer joining us here on the show so we've covered a little bit of everything today. We've gotten a ton of Tennessee. We've gotten some high school. Billy, we now know sort of the bid process of Nashville with a dome stadium and what they would go after. This is just breaking news. Nugget day. I mean, we, we covered every, every sport, I feel like, today. So, uh, George, we got your bets of the weekend oh, coming up, though. Yeah. How many you got? You got five? Got five, and you're going to notice. Well, I tell you what, I'll leave everybody in suspense. I know you breathlessly await my trying to get over the 500 mark for the entire uh, campaign, if you will. Stick around. This is Main Street Media Television.
Hit After Hit has become the baseball store in Tennessee. They have over 1,000 different models of gloves and over 1,500 wood bats. They also have several Iron Mike pitching machines as well as a Hit Tracks machine. If they don't have it, you probably don't need it. We're proud to call Hit After Hit the official shirt provider of the Plaster and Friends Celebrity Bowling Night. Welcome to the Omni Nashville Hotel. Urban elegance with a vintage touch. Our 800-room hotel opened up in the fall of 2013 with 746 guest rooms and 54 suites. This holiday season, the largest lantern event in the country returns to Nashville Zoo. See more than 1,000 Chinese lanterns. Welcome back to Zoo Illumination at Nashville Zoo. Bigger, brighter, and better than ever. At Sumner Funeral and Cremation, our mission is to serve families as our own, celebrate the life of their loved one, and help begin the healing process. My whole family, including my wife and my mom and siblings, were very happy with the treatment that we received. I would highly recommend Sumner Funeral and Cremation. We offer funeral, burial, cremations, and pre-planning services. Sumner Funeral and Cremation. Traditional, affordable, dignified. SumnerFuneral.com This holiday season, the largest lantern event in the country returns to Nashville Zoo. After sunset, come see more than 1,000 Chinese lanterns. All new designs, including mythical beasts, a fantastical North Pole village, even a dragon soaring over your head. Welcome back to Zoo Illumination at Nashville Zoo. Bigger, brighter, and better than ever. Hey everyone, I'm John English. This is Keith Wallace, and we would like to welcome you to John English Antique Sports and Cards in Shelbyville, Tennessee. We specialize in graded and ungraded sports and non-sports cards, vintage wax boxes, and unopened cases. We have a large selection of PSA graded cards. We also specialize in old sports collectibles, baseball, football, basketball, golf, and tennis. You can find it all at John English Antique Sports and Cards. We are happy to be associated with Nashville's greatest sports antique, George Plaster. This is attorney Bart Durham, and this is me. I'm Aaliyah. Keeping in good physical condition is really important to me. But when I had a wreck with a tractor-trailer truck that hurt my legs so bad I couldn't work for almost a year, I knew I needed a lawyer that understood tractor-trailer cases. So I called Bart. Bart gets millions of dollars for his clients every year. At Bart Durham Injury Law, we've handled hundreds of tractor-trailer cases. My dad and I want to help. Give us a call at 615-242-9000.
Welcome back into the George Plaster Show. It is the final segment on this Football Friday as we roll through here. Final piece of uh, news to get to. Not even news, George. It is news. Your uh, bets of the of the weekend here. Powered by Bart Durham Injury Law. Since 1975, Bart Durham Injury Law has aggressively protected the rights of a broad range of victims of car accidents and personal injury in both Tennessee and Kentucky. If you, too, have seen your life interrupted by an injury on a highway, in a hospital, or at your workplace, let their attorneys do the work fighting for the full financial compensation that you need. Learn more about Bart Durham Injury Law by logging on to bartdurham.com. All right, George, we start tomorrow night. Anything you got to get to before we get to uh, bets of the weekend here? Nothing else? No, nothing I know of. Okay, South Carolina at Vanderbilt tomorrow night, 6.30 kick. Rain is in the forecast. You didn't put the record up there, did you? Oh, I didn't. Oh, I, I, I wasn't I trying to avoid that. that. This is uh, the record for Mr. Plaster, 64 and 65, inching ever so closer to... 49.6%. Mm. Are you? I don't know if you're ever going to get there. It's just going to keep winning. You you're going to lose, and then you're going to win. You're going to lose, and then you're going to win That's again. That's loser's mentality. I'm, I, I have no use for that. So it's, I can't it, believe you said that. You need a big weekend. Well, I'm going to have a big weekend. You confident? Uh, yes. Here we go. Here we uh, go. First of all, all five of my plays are on the college level. A weird pro card. Not going to touch it. Don't like it. No. I'm taking Vandy for two reasons. Number one, they were my underdog pick. And if I'm willing to say I think they got a chance to win outright, I certainly think they've got a, a, a real shot to cover. I don't think Spencer Rattler has had anywhere near the impact that South Carolina hoped. And what I saw a week ago against Missouri was not very good. Now, that said, Vandy's defense is awful. It's one of the 13 worst in Division One. There will be a lot of rain tomorrow that could help them. Whatever the case, I'm going to take Vandy plus the points. It's a dangerous play, but we'll see how it works. Playing with fire. Yeah. Okay, next up, Kentucky at Missouri. Okay. This is a minuscule line. Kentucky's favored by one and a half. And I'm taking the Cats. Now, maybe I'm late to the party. Maybe I haven't gotten the memo. But I believe there is something better to Kentucky than what they showed a week ago in Knoxville. And frankly, what they've been showing for the last three weeks. I have no doubt that Coach Stoops has challenged this team and said to them as they get on that airplane, you got a choice here. Are you going to be halfway decent or are you going to be pretty good? This is the game that I think is going to determine where Kentucky's season is going. I just think they're better than Missouri. And at some point in the season, they were at least a touchdown better. And I think they'll prove it tomorrow. Okay, moving on. MTSU is a two-and-a-half-point favorite at Louisiana Tech tomorrow night. Who are you liking that one? Well, I'm taking middle. Nobody can figure them out. They're a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. When they've been good, they were good enough to go to Miami and rip them a new one. La Tech, not very good. That's part of the reason I'm taking middle. I think they're better than La Tech. 
I think La Tech is awful. <laughs> is Skip Holt still down there? No. Okay. Just making sure. Let's move on here, George. Oklahoma State at Kansas. Big game for both these teams. Oklahoma State trying to bounce back after their brutal loss last weekend. Kansas is not nearly the football team they were a month ago. I think it's like somebody took a pin and popped the balloon. And all of a sudden, now that they're no longer top of mind with everybody, they have dropped a notch. Oklahoma State got beat a week ago 48 to nothing. This is another team on the rebound. I have no doubt that Mike Gundy lit into them saying, great football teams don't get beat 48 to nothing. They're going to go one of two ways tomorrow. They're either going to stink up the joint or they're going to rally back and get it done. And I think they're going to get it done. Okay, last one here. Two-team teaser. Yes. You're taking the Tar Heels with Mac Brown and Boise State. Why? At Virginia, uh, because Virginia sucks. That's the only reason? Well, th- that and the fact Carolina very quietly is 7-1. and one. They're not very good defensively, but this kid may at quarterback will light Virginia into oblivion. As Watson says, he's bona fide. He is big time. <laughs> the other game, BYU is the opponent to Boise State. Something's gone on at Boise. And in the last few weeks, man, they have caught fire. BYU, on the other hand, has gone in the opposite direction. The game is at Boise. That's a two-team teaser that will work. Book it. That's the teaser, and that is your plaster, I guess, five-pack. I was going to say six-pack. I guess it is six teams. Uh, sort of. Plaster six-pack for the weekend. George, how confident are you? Uh, pretty confident. I'm going to get to at least 500. Well, you need to get back to respectability. No, I, well, you try doing this. <laughs> you know, don't sit over there and give me that get back to respectability. You didn't like that. Did you, you? No, you get to 49.6, <laughs> you're cooking with gas. <laughs> hey, we're done, but Friday Night Live is just around the corner. It'll be the very best high school football coverage imaginable. Zach Womble is in the house, mm. and so is Billy. So am I. Get ready. Justin Kulik, too, helping out tonight. Beautiful. Got to give him a shout out. All of you have a good weekend. See you again on Monday.